Good morning, and welcome to the First Unitarian Universalist Church of Austin. We are a spiritual and spirited community dedicated to the free and responsible search for truth and meaning, and dedicated to being in right relationship with one another. That is tricky when we're meeting over Zoom all the time, and it's tricky when we don't get to gather together in one room so that we can hug and drink coffee and experience the music all together in the room and have it lift us up together. I know you're getting tired of it, and I am too. (sighs) But this is where we are, and we want to retain our spiritedness even in the midst of this stupid situation, this grievous situation. We come from a heritage of teaching that there's a spark of the divine in everyone. And so the way that we greet the divine on a Sunday morning is by thinking about the other people that we know from here and people that we've met who have visited this congregation from far away. And greeting them. If you have comments, please greet one another in the comments. If you don't have comments on the platform you're watching us in, just greet one another in your heart. I invite you to join me as we say our chalice lighting words together. This is the flame we hold in our hearts as we strive for justice for everyone. This is the light we shine upon systems of oppression until they are no more. This is the warmth that we share with one another as our struggle becomes our salvation. Our call to worship today comes to us from instructions in Neil Gaiman's Fragile Things, Short Fictions and Wonders. Gaiman was born in Hampshire in the UK and now lives in the US somewhere near Minneapolis. These are his words. Do not lose hope. What you seek will be found. Trust ghosts. Trust those that you have helped to help you in their turn. Trust dreams. Trust your heart. And trust your story. This congregation has written a mission statement to guide us as we move forward into the future together. We rewrite it every seven years, and then we write it on the wall in our sanctuary, and we say it together every Sunday morning. Together, we nourish souls, transform lives, and do justice to build the beloved community. One way that we build the beloved community is by having a moment for beloved community every Sunday morning. And so here is your challenge, your homework for this Sunday morning. You've heard Kamala Harris talk about her sorority, Alpha Kappa Alpha. That sorority is part of the black Greek system, the divine nine. And I want you to look up the divine nine and learn a little bit about its history and its origins. Good morning. Some of you have started school recently, and some are going to be starting soon, maybe even tomorrow. Some will be coming back to church classes or groups, maybe with people you've known before and loved for a long time, and maybe with a whole new group of people you've never met before. 
Sometimes it can be hard when we're meeting with a new group or class. Maybe as we're coming in, we think, will they like me? Will they be like me? This is when we have to remind ourselves how worthy we are just as we are. And the more we show up with our whole selves and the more we allow others to show up with their whole selves, the happier we'll be. The Day You Begin by Jacqueline Woodson, illustrated by Rafael Lopez. There will be times when you walk into a room and no one there is quite like you. Maybe it will be your skin, your clothes, or the curl of your hair. There will be times no one understands the way words curl from your mouth, the beautiful language of the country you left behind. My name is Rigoberto. We just moved here from Venezuela. And because they don't understand, the classroom will fill with laughter until the teacher quiets everyone. Rigoberto from Venezuela, your teacher says so soft and beautifully that your name and homeland sound like flowers blooming the first bright notes of a song. There will be times when the words don't come. Your own voice, once huge, now smaller. When the teacher asks, what did you do last summer? Tell the class your story. We went to France, Chela says. These shells came from a beach in Maine. A boy named Jonathan holds out a jar filled with tiny shells so fragile they look like they'll turn to dust in your own untraveled hands. My whole family went to India, Spain, South Carolina. Each souvenir a small triumph of a journey, their travels going on and on. And as you stand in front of that room, you can only remember how the heat waved as it lifted off the curb, and your days spent at home caring for your little sister, who made you laugh out loud and hugged you hard at nap time. You can only remember the books you kept on reading long after she had fallen to sleep. And in that room, where no one else is quite like you, you'll look down at your own empty hands and wonder, what good is this? when other students were flying and sailing and going somewhere. There will be times when the lunch your mother packed for you is too strange or too unfamiliar for others to love as you do. When even your own friend Nadia will wrinkle her nose and say, what's in there anyway? And you'll wonder how she doesn't see the rice beneath the meat and kimchi. You'll wonder why she doesn't remember that rice is the most popular food in the world. There will be times when the climbing bars are too high. The run is too fast and far. The game isn't one you can ever really play. I don't want him on our team. You can watch. Maybe you can have a turn later. There will be times when the world feels like a place that you're standing all the way outside of. And all that stands besides you is your own brave self. Steady as steel and ready even though you don't yet know what you're ready for. There will be times when you walk into a room and no one there is quite like you until the day you begin to share your stories. My name is Angelina, and I spent my whole summer with my little sister, you tell the class, your voice stronger than it was a minute ago. 
reading books and telling stories. And even though we were right on our block, it was like we got to go everywhere. Your name is like my sister's, Rigoberto says. Her name is Angelina, too. And all at once, in the room where no one else is quite like you, the world opens itself up a little wider to make some space for you. This is the day you begin to find the places inside your laughter and your lunches, your books, your travel, and your stories, where every new friend has something a little like you and something else so fabulously not quite like you at all. Rabi Alamadeen is a Lebanese-American writer and painter. In the Hakawati, he writes, What happens is of little significance compared to the stories that we tell ourselves about what happens. Events matter little. Only stories of events affect us. This is the moment in our service when we join together in an attitude of prayer and meditation. If you will, breathe deeply with me. If you can, in the situation where you find yourself. One great spiritual teacher said... When asked what she prays for, she just said, I listen. And when the interviewer asked, what does God say to her? She answered, God listens. In the silence, we can make our whole being a listening being. listening to the sounds of our world, listening to the sounds of our home, of our families, of our animal companions and the birds outside. And we can listen to ourselves. See what truths are being whispered by your blood as it circulates through your body. And now you might want to light a candle of joy or sorrow, hope, remembrance or determination.
I've told you all about my friends Pat and Charlie that I worked with for four years. And one of the things that used to happen while we were driving to lunch every day was that if someone would cut him off in traffic, Pat Job would say, Oh, bless his heart. I bet he just got out of the hospital. It diffused the tension of the situation. When you make up a story about why somebody's doing what they're doing, or when you know the story of why somebody's doing what they're doing, then you can look at their actions through a different lens. And perhaps it will wake up some understanding and compassion in you. You see that you tell yourself stories about why things happen the way they do. Some people will get sick and they'll say, God is punishing me. Or they'll be ignored by a friend and they'll say, that person doesn't like me anymore. Or someone will answer one of their posts on Facebook in a mean kind of way and they'll go, what did I ever do to them? And you start going over your interactions with them to try to figure out what it was that they could be reacting so strongly to. And you remember the wisdom of all the great spiritual teachers who say, don't take anything personally. But you know when it happens to you, it kind of feels personal. And then if you find out what's been going on in their lives and that they just... Um, had a sick kid or they had a bad diagnosis or they've lost their job, you can understand a little bit more about why they may have answered you that way. And it really didn't have anything to do with you. It really wasn't personal. Reminds me of one of my favorite bumper stickers, which says, only one eight billionth of this is about you. I think that knowing another person's story, which leads to understanding, is so precious. One of the things I love about this ministry that I do here is that I get to hear your stories. And it feels like treasure to me. It feels like such an honor to have those stories shared and to be able to listen to those stories I, uh, like most of you, I was watching the Democratic Convention this week, and just to hear Kamala Harris tell her story of her life, and to hear Jill Biden tell the story of coming into this family of a man and his two children who were so um, hurt, uh, loving them, <clears throat> and being a family with them, to hear Joe Biden talk about the the sorrows that he's been through, the losses that the whole family has been through together, really warmed my heart and gave them depth as people to me. Hearing the stories of other people's lives enriches us. And we enrich them by telling them our story as much as we want to tell. It doesn't have to be everything. But telling your story is a gift. So one of the uh, things that one of my favorite writers says, Clarissa Pinkola Estes, I quote her pretty often. 
She says one of the most calming and powerful actions you can take in a stormy world is to stand up and show your soul. One of the most calming and powerful actions you can take in a stormy world is to stand up and show your soul. Today I'm talking about stories and listening in the context of talking about our small group ministry, our chalice circles, where we can have deeper conversations with um, up to 12 people, between 4 and 12 people, for a year. Deeper conversations than we can have with one another, um, even when we are together at church or when we're at the Zoom coffee hour after the service. Uh, The Chalice Circles will be meeting on Zoom this year, which is what we're all getting used to. One of the things our our drop-in Zoom groups do is share stories. Um, On Tuesdays and Thursdays from 11 to 12, we have a drop-in in in the church Zoom room, which you can find in the Friday Electronic Newsletter. Um, And I usually have a focus question that we talk about, and we've talked about our growing up. We've talked about our first cars. We've talked about movies that um, shaped our lives, books that we adore, things that we give away. We've talked about um, our nicknames when we were little. That was a rich conversation, and I really enjoyed hearing about people's nicknames and their lives. But chalice circles are more structured, small group discussion than that. Um, you have a a topic, and then there are readings about the topic, and then uh, you have questions that you can choose from among to talk about during your time to talk. And the rule is that each person gets a time to talk if they want it, and there's no cross-talk. What's that? Well, cross-talk is when somebody's supposed to be listening to you, but instead of really, really listening and being present with you, they say, oh, that reminds me of that time it happened to me, too. All you have to do is get pregnant, and you'll hear everybody's pregnancy stories. All you have to do is start a new job, and you'll hear everybody's starting a new job stories. It's very, very rare to be listened to without cross-talk. So you're listened to for a period of time, and then there's a facilitator in the group who helps people uh, share the time. Here's some examples. I wrote a topic on um, anxiety. I wrote a lesson for the Chalice Circles a few years ago, and here are some of the readings from Anais Nin. Anxiety is love's greatest killer. It makes others feel as you might when a drowning man holds on to you. You want to save him, but you know he will strangle you with his panic. Corey Ten Boom says, Worrying is carrying tomorrow's load with today's strength, carrying two days at once. It is moving into tomorrow ahead of time. Worrying doesn't empty tomorrow of its sorrow. It empties today of its strength. I think it was Mark Twain who said, I've worried about a lot of problems in my time, some of which actually happened. I, I give everybody, or right now, our Soul Matters curriculum gives everybody the readings and the questions. Here are some of the questions from the anxiety lesson. 
One, how do you handle anxiety? Two, do you find that once you've survived a mistake, you're less worried about it happening again? Three, do you worry more about your life or about whether everyone around you is okay? So you get to talk with a bunch of people about whichever one of these questions they'd like to ask. And all you say at the end of their time talking is, thank you. The rule is no crosstalk and no advice. Oh man, that's a hard one. After everyone's had their time to talk, then you have a time of quiet. And after that, the discussion can start. So you can say, when you said this, what did you mean? Or, um, I have a piece of advice about that, but I know I'm not allowed to give it to you now. So if you want to talk after the meeting, just if you want to, I have some advice about that. And then let them not ask for it if they don't want to ask for it. Sometimes people don't even want advice when they ask for it. It's the weirdest thing. Maybe that's just me. So when you meet with this small group of people for a year, you find that suddenly there are people from church that you get to know that you might not have gotten to know otherwise. And that your affection for other church people grows more specific, more particular, and you can like certain things about certain people or have your heart moved by knowing just when you see them in church, the things they've gone through. And you get to practice listening and understanding. Listening is hard. That's the reason for the no crosstalk. That's the reason for the no advice. It's listening practice. Listening means that you're present with the person while they're talking. You're not thinking about what you want to say after they finish talking. You really are hearing what they're saying. And when a thought of yours comes in like, ooh, that happened to me one time. I really want to talk about that. Just put it to one side and stay with them. Because their experience is different from your experience. It's not the same thing. And you can shut a person down by responding with a story of yours. Now, casual conversation, it's fine to do that. It's fine to interrupt, crosstalk, advice. Casual conversation is all about that. But when you're doing deep listening, that's what you do. You listen. And you put your own experiences aside and even your own opinions aside. And you really try to understand what the person is saying. Now, in order for this to happen in a chalice circle situation, you need, as as I said before, you need a facilitator. Who is that? Well, a facilitator is someone volunteering from the congregation to have the ministry of being like the conductor of this orchestra of stories. You, you say now it's time for the flutes to play now it's time for the strings to play okay brass you are loud and insistent and I need you to back off just a little bit you are the conductor if you are the facilitator we don't expect anybody to know how to do this naturally we give you as best a training as we can give you and then Chris and I would be available if you have questions or need support in your job as facilitator It's a pretty important ministry in this congregation to be a facilitator of these small group conversations. And so I want to send out an appeal. If you feel a call to this ministry of facilitation, please email me. My email is on the website. Um, And let me know that you would like to facilitate one of these 
Chala Circle groups, and we'll get you trained up. Now, when will sign-ups for the group start? Probably in a few weeks. It'll depend on how many facilitators we get and how quickly they let me know that they are feeling called to be facilitators. We're going to get it going, we hope, by the end of September, early October. And um, that's when the first meetings will be. September's theme is renewal, and we would love to start groups in September with that theme because it just feels so appropriate. I really hope that you'll consider signing up for one of these groups, and I hope that you'll consider volunteering to be a facilitator. We would love to have you do that in our congregation. So being able to tell your story and feel other people listen to your story and see their faces as they listen to your story and then being able to listen to their story and have them be listened into healing and wholeness by your ear and your compassionate presence is quite a wonderful thing. It's one of the things that church is about. It's a nourishment of souls, and it can be a transformation of lives, and it can even be a building of our understanding of justice. I would like to close with a beautiful image from fantasy writer Laini Taylor. He listened like a cactus drinks the rain. He listened like a cactus drinks the rain. Let's listen to one another that way from time to time. May it be so. you to join me as we extinguish our chalice. We extinguish this flame, but not the light of truth, the warmth of community, or the fire of commitment. These we hold in our hearts until we are together again. flight is still with thee nor leaves thy sight and I am thine I rest in thee great spirit come and rest in me go in peace
This is a production of the First Unitarian Universalist Church of Austin. For more information, go to our website at austinuu.org.